0: Section twenty of Birds and All Nature Volume seven Number three, march nineteen hundred. This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Recording by Tavarish. The Treating of Whitey Bertha CV Sonia His coat was thin, so thin that his skin showed through in patches and the skin was thin so thin that the bones almost pricked through in a mute appeal to the public he walked the streets until his four little feet dragged with weariness and he often sat down upon his haunches to rest when he stopped people noticed him and many turned as they went past watching him he was so pitiable a sight mangy dog somebody said But he was more than that, he was lost, and he was starving. He was so needy that he had forsaken his alley haunts and had come up to the boulevards, where was greater prosperity, sunshine, cleanliness, and perhaps love toward man and beast. In his walks he chanced near the lake and paced the viaduct that leads out upon the pier, he even went on the pier and looked down into the dark water as many despairing men and women have looked it seemed easy to fall in but he turned back and walked away he had learned that if he kept moving the police and guards did not poke at him with their clubs in crossing michigan avenue he had to watch his chances for the rubber tires of the carriages made no warning sound on the asphalt and then he came to Wabash. The noise of the elevated and surface trains and of the trucks and drays was so confusing that he had need of more care than ever. At length he reached State Street and sat down to rest. Lizzie and Mattie were there before him, they too were acquainted with alleyways, though they were not personally acquainted with Whitey. Evidently they had found nourishment there that Whitey had missed, for Lizzie was decidedly fat, and Mattie was fairly presentable. Lizzie wore a faded worsted skirt poorly joined to a cotton shirt-waist with a green silk belt her short fair hair was curled and tied with a green ribbon and her airy straw hat was bright with flowers other little girls of better fortunes had worn the things and had extracted their freshness and much of their beauty but lizzie felt quite dressed up beside her friend who wore only a simple calico gown and plain straw hat She led Matty from window to window, pointing out precious articles and rare jewels, quite as if she had purse connections with them. The girls glanced at Whitey as he passed. "'Poor little dog,' Matty said. "'Yes,' returned Lizzie. "'I should think the policeman would shoot him.' "'Why?' queried Matty in surprise. "'Oh, he's so bad off.' Whitey was moving slowly he was rested, and he thought to go on. Somebody in a confectionery store noticed the girls. Mama, I do believe that's my old belt that I threw in the rags one day, for there's the cross I made on it at school with ink. Nonsense, said the lady. And oh, Mama, look at the poor dog. Of all the people who were passing, four at least were interested in Whitey. Alley and Avenue, but the Alley folks first forgot him. They went back to their diamonds. Whitey's troubles had made him meek and humble. He did not, at this time, expect anything and he was out of hopes and plans he did not observe any whisperings at the portals of the big store nor see the wonder on the face of the porter what he did see presently was a round pasteboard box that the porter sat down under his very nose it was torn a little at one side and what was in the box began to melt and run down to the pavement whitey moved his ears a little at the sight It actually looked eatable. He doubted if it was, but he put out his tongue and touched it. When Lizzie and Matty turned again, they stood amazed. People were looking amused as they passed, and many a heart was made glad and light. One could read it in their faces. An unusual kindness is a love flash that makes life sweeter to all who get it in their eyes. "'I'll bet there is a quart there,' said Matty. "'No, there ain't nother. "'I guess a sick dog couldn't eat a whole quart of ice cream. "'It's just a pint. "'Look how he licks it up. "'My, I'll bet it's good.' "'He's a-gulpin' to beat the band,' returned Lizzie. "'He never had it before, I'll bet.' "'Or you nother, Matty Black. "'You can't talk much.' answered Matty. by this time whitey had cleared up his spread pretty thoroughly not a drop lingered in the circle at the bottom of the box and the pavement was dry whitey walked over to the side of the building and lay down in the sun he put his nose between his paws his body was as thin and forlorn as ever but. Away at the tip of his pink shabby tail was a little short-lived wag. It was the language of gratitude and hope. It had been absent for days ever since he was lost. The little girl who had caused it was riding home in her carriage. But the Ellie folks took note of it and they were appeased. They no longer envied the dog. As for Whitey, the rich cream worked its work. As he lay in the sun, he felt new hopes and plans revive. of a sudden he remembered a bakery where he had chanced to get some plate scrappings. He would go again. And go he did. His body and his hopes were alike nourished with his recent treat. Whitey actually walked over to the bakery alley with a decided and prolonged wag to his tail. The ice cream had placed it there. It really made the turning point for better times for Whitey. End of section 20